Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. Today, Poom, Punia, and I are on UNI with Lucy. For those who don't know, we all went to the same high school, which was UWC Isaac Japan. And yeah, Lucy, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, that would be great. Thanks, Grace. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Lucy. I am from Canada. I grew up on Denman Island on the West Coast. And、uh, that's where I currently am right now. I'm 19 years old and I graduated from UWC ISAC with the quarantine class of 2020. It's been a really tough time for all of us. I mean, some of us are learning online. I'm learning online.、Um, it's sucking so far, but Grace is,、um, Grace is also、um, kind of learning online, for, even though she's in the same country.、Um, but Lucy, I've, I've heard like, you've done something completely different. You scrapped this whole idea of like, learning online. Maybe you don't want to do that or. Um, or something, but you've taken a gap year. And do you want to just kind of quickly talk about、um, what you've done this gap year and why you chose to take it? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, you're right. I don't like learning online. I homeschooled for a year when I was 10 and I hated it. I don't like teaching myself everything.、Um, I really like being in the classroom environment. So,、uh, I was planning to take a gap year already because I'm not in any rush to go back into the stressful environment of school. Um, but my initial plans were to do the Global Citizen Gap Year,、uh, which is like a seven month fellowship in another country where you live with a host family and learn the language and do an apprenticeship there.、Uh, unfortunately, that was canceled due to COVID. So I had no plans for the whole year, and that was extremely scary. So I applied to a program in Canada to do something more local, and that program was the Canadian Conservation Corps. So that's about environmental conservation, and it's a government funded program empowering youth in Canada from age 18 to 30、um, to get involved and become ambassadors of the environment. And so I started that in August, and I finished up my volunteer placement in December. And now I'm currently in stage three, which is working on an individual project、um, in my home community here on Denman Island. <laughs> so What, what activities specifically did you do and that you would say like, you enjoyed the most, Lucy? Ah,、oh, That's a really good question.、Um, well, I really enjoyed stage one of the program, which was、um, a lot, it was centered a lot around、uh, outdoor leadership and learning how to、um, be responsible and leave no trace when you're out in the wilderness. And so we went on a 12 day kayaking trip in the northern. Northern regions of the islands on the coast. And so we kayaked between many little islands that aren't inhabited by people. So we were kind of in the middle of nowhere with no Wi Fi, no showers,、um, not really any civilization. And it was really nice to.、Um, we did this 24 hour solo time, which is where we each individually we went out to different locations and we were left there with. Um, like a tarp and a few supplies. And I chose to also not have any food with me at that time, partially because I was scared of bears like coming and trying to attack me in the middle of the night. So I didn't have any food for 24 hours. And I ended up on this tiny little rock at the end of the island. So when the high tide came, it was like its own little deserted island. And for 24 hours, I was just there camping out underneath of a tarp in the middle of August. On this random island in the north. And it was a great moment to just kind of reflect on all the craziness of COVID and having to go home early and miss graduation and 
all of the craziness of the year so far. And and during that trip too, it was just really nice to connect with uh, home a little bit and and learn how to be a responsible outdoor leader and all the different skills that they taught us um, about being and connecting with the wilderness responsibly. So that was a really fun part in stage one. And then in stage two, um, I was volunteering in a different province um, in the country, which I've not really spent that much time in. So I had a very big bias towards this province because it's where all of the very conservative people come from with their um, views about the oil industry and a lot of things that I don't agree with. So living there for three months was really cool to talk to different people who've lived there. And also during that time, we got to do a wildlife camera project where we set up three different cameras and we got to monitor all the different um, wildlife that were going through the area. So we got a lot of footage, like hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage of moose and elk and bear and deer and fox and skunk and like all kinds of random things. So it was really fun for me to go through all that footage and I got to be really creative with it too and I made a five minute film with it. And that was really fun for me to be able to apply my my passion for filmmaking with my interest in the environment and kind of combine those two things and learn a lot through the process too. So those were my top two memorable moments, I think. I just want to really quickly talk about the fact that, you know, you're on an island and the high, <clears throat> there's a tide that made it deserted. Like, what if the tide, weren't you worried like the tide was just a little bit higher and that it would have completely submerged you? You know, that is a good point. <laughs> and say if there was like a tsunami or something, I definitely would have been underwater. Um, if the tide had risen that fu- that high, um, but I I had trust in nature that it w- that wasn't going to happen. And also, like when the tide it's fairly consistent, you can see like the tidal line with the seaweed. So I just made sure that I camped above that line, and um, I can swim too, so it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> that that actually is funny that you bring that up because someone somebody else who was camping near the beach. She set up below the tidal line and she ended up waking up in the middle of the night when the ocean came in and she was like in a foot of salt water and she had to pack up all her stuff and it all got soaked. So that was a bit of a concern, but it all ended up okay. (laughs) Whoa, you have such an interesting life. Um, Yeah, I remember you told me that you are currently working at a chocolate factory, if I remember it correctly, and... I like to know more about it. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, so when I got home um, after December, I started looking for a job to try and make some money and do something with most of my time. So I applied for a bunch of jobs and I ended up working at the local chocolate factory on Denman Island, uh, which is super cool because we make our own chocolate, which is produced throughout Canada. Um, and it's really interesting to be working in a the environment of a factory as well, where, you know, it's a lot of value is put on efficiency and there's a lot of pressure and it, it's a different kind of a setting, which I'm not used to. So it's been really fun working there and learning how chocolate is made and also um, working full time and being a like working person because um, I haven't done that in a long time. And it's a lot different than school. I think it's not as intellectually stimulating, but it does build a lot of work ethic, which is great. Yeah, it's it's been a really cool job. 
Did you manage to um, sneak in and like eat any of the chocolate? Um, I hope that my employers aren't listening to this, but I do sneak chocolate. <laughs> We're allowed to. Like, there's broken pieces of chocolate that don't fit the the bill for the mold, so. We're allowed to take all the broken pieces and eat them. And there's 15 different flavors, so it's super fun sampling them. Oh, that's so nice. Also, I saw photos of you on knees and Instagram collecting the trash a while ago. That was really amazing. Do you want to talk about that a little? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, so also, when I got home back to the island, I started running um, through my neighborhood more and one day when I was running in the morning, I started noticing like bits of plastic on the side of the road and something in me just told me to stop and pick it up. And then once I did, I kept seeing more and more and I just kept picking it up. And then it ended up being 447 pieces of plastic that I picked up just from that one walk down four kilometers of road. Um, so it all accumulated a lot and it was actually kind of inspiring to me that that made such a big difference just from one run. And so I ended up taking all of those pieces of plastic and I arranged them um, and I took pictures of them to make a stop motion film. And then I posted the film onto social media and it got quite a lot of attention from people and then it caught the attention of the local news. And so they featured it in the newspaper and they also interviewed me for the radio and and then I posted it to Instagram too. And it was just really cool to see how many, how many people responded to that and were surprised by how much plastic is in the environment and, and how much of a difference it can make when you just stop to pick up a few pieces. Yeah, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, that's, that's really amazing and inspiring. Thank you for doing that and raising the awareness yeah, but then, you know, you walked for uh, 4,000 meters and then you picked up 473 pieces of trash, right? And if, if, if I do the math correctly, that's like nine, every nine meters, you're picking up uh, a piece of trash. And at that point, I think you're not just walking, you're like walking and squatting too, right? And so you get two exercises in one, like, how did you manage that? Of course, Poom, you do the math for this and <laughs> calculate that. Um, that's actually pretty accurate. Um it was less of a run and more of a walk and squat, which is a good exercise in itself. Um, but also a lot of the pieces of plastic came from one spill as well, like 200 of them in one spot. So that's an outlying data point um, for your calculations. But yeah, it was it was quite a bit of stopping to pick things up. You know, I'm going to use that method next time. Like whenever I'm running with someone who's like way faster than me, I'm just going to be like, oh, can you stop for a moment? Like, I, I see something here. Like, I'm, I'm going to pick this up. So I, just give me, like, 20 seconds. And then every few meters when I get tired, I just, you know, oh, there's another piece of trash, you know. Save the environment, but all, at the same time, I got to keep up with that fast guy, you know. Yes, you should have done that when we were running together. You're too fast. You need to stop more and pick up plastic. <laughs> yeah, but what's surprising to me is Denman Island is a very, to my knowledge, it's a very eco-friendly island. And then... For that much trash to be in a four-kilometer, um, you know, walk—that's that's quite a lot. And what are your thoughts on that? Did, did you think it would be that much? Yeah, that's a really good point. I did not think that there would be so much litter, especially here, when a lot of the residents of the island are really concerned about the environment. Um, I think part of it was due to COVID. Um, people have have stopped picking up trash as much as they used to, 
because it's perceived as pretty dirty and like other people's and like during the pandemic I think there's this whole mindset that's been growing that we don't want to interfere with other people's business and we want to kind of keep in our own bubbles um so I think that's part of it too like there was a lessened feeling of responsibility for picking up trash that's not yours um that might be why it had built up so much during the past few months too yeah um I just wanted to you know like go back to what you mentioned in the very beginning about your experience your gap year experience what were maybe one of the hard like difficulties of undergoing a gap year Mm -hmm. that's a really good question too um The first few months of the gap year was the most difficult, I think, before I had a plan. Um, It was a bit scary to not really have a sense of direction or purpose in what I was doing. And I felt kind of like the days were going by and I wasn't getting anything done. And I think a lot of people were feeling that way, um, especially because it was a pan because it is a pandemic and that school was canceled early, at least for us, like the IB exams were canceled and and we weren't expecting to have all of this time and to suddenly have it and not know what to do with it was very overwhelming. Um, I think the hardest part for me was being at home too with my family um, because it had been a long time since I'd spent time with my family when I wasn't super stressed and overwhelmed and distracted by other things. And so... Being in close confines in our tiny little house with my mom and brother uh, was an interesting experience. And we had like a lot of conflict that we had to work through and it was stressful, but I think it was a really valuable time as well because it was really good to have to be, you know, to be forced to have to work through something, to not have a choice to just like leave or go back to school or like distract yourself. But I had to like really focus on the moment and work through things. So that was really tough the first few months, um, being at home and not having anything to do and having to figure out how to work through things. Yeah, right, yeah. And I think a lot of people experience that, especially because, like, we're learning at home and, you know, so I'm pretty sure that we're all going through this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree, Punia. <laughs> and Lucy, I am curious of your plans for the next couple of months will you be going to uni this fall or are you going to continue your gap year journey yeah so I am planning to hopefully be in university in the fall in September um I've applied and I've submitted uh several applications but I'm still waiting to hear uh where I'm going to go um but I've decided on an area of study um I've had a lot of time to think about what I want to study over the past few months. And so I decided to apply to some film programs and even some art schools. And um, my main my main area of focus is going to be film. Um, but I also am interested in, depending on where I go, also taking some courses um, focused on the social sciences um, and maybe environmental science a bit as well. Um, but I'm just hoping to incorporate my interests in social and environmental issues through filmmaking, if that makes sense. So Lucy, you've, you want to do uh, something with like film, but at the same time, you want to kind of expose these um, injustices and problems of the world through film. But like, I want to know, like, 
what was the inspiration to kind of express your feelings and thoughts about the world in this way? That's such a deep question. <laughs> um, like, give me a minute to think. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> Maybe I'm just overthinking it too much. Um, yeah, so I think I, for a long time when I was choosing what I wanted to study academically, I was choosing based on what I thought um, would be the most challenging or what other people thought would be really cool if I told them I was studying. Um, but I realized that I want to do something, I want to study something that I'm really passionate about. And it was also confusing because I didn't know what I was really passionate about, but I know that I like to be creative and kind of engage people in topics through a sense of humor or through a visual, um, a visual explanation. Um, to me, that's like really engaging and I don't want to take things too seriously. So I think through film, um, I think it took a long time to, okay, wait, wait, wait. There were three subjects that I really enjoyed in the IB program, which were global politics environmental systems and societies and film and so I took those three subjects and I kind of thought about how I could combine them in a area of study and I thought that filmmaking was a really good way to to share my interests in other topics through uh, an outlet where I can be creative and um, engage people uh, in a in a different way where they would maybe you know like build kind of build empathy and help people care more about issues that I care about. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Like we will have to love to have you again sometime so you can tell us more about your, you know, interesting and inspiring stories. Yeah. And best of luck for your university pursuits. I, I, I look forward to seeing like what films, what crazy films are, or whether you'll, bend down and pick up plastic every like you know <laughs> every couple of meters you go you know i'm very excited to see what you can come up yeah same yeah mr black lucy thank Appreciate you yes i'm really flattered <laughs> that you chose to interview me and thanks for the really thought-provoking questions you guys are good interviewers <laughs> bye bye, bye. bye. bye.